Hey guys, it's Ahmed here again, and we're actually on episode two uh, of the Your Pursuit of Purpose podcast, and I have with me again, Abdul Wudud Dawood. And something we actually didn't get into in the first video are Wudud's, uh, like his past, or his, the trials and tribulations that he had to go through before he became the man he is today. And everybody has a story that's unique to themselves. So I asked him if he'd be willing to share that with you on, without hesitation, he said, okay. So without further ado, maybe you can just talk about what you really went through before you became where you are now. Definitely. Um, welcome, everybody, to episode two. <laughs> um, so my story, where I come from. Uh, I touched on it last time where my parents are from Sudan. I was born in Virginia and raised in Iowa. Um, but I don't think that really gives you a good context of the type of situation that everyone in my life has gone through. So um, my parents initially came to America with just my dad. So my dad was in America for about two years before he brought my mom uh, with him to America. The story behind that is that he told her that, she said that she wanted him to come and bring her to America because she would be able to, she'd wash his clothes because no one is there to wash his clothes. And he was like, that's so cute. So he brought her and showed her a washing machine and was like, wow, you don't need to wash my clothes anymore. Um, but, you know, really growing up in, in America with my family, you know, I had two parents who were really accustomed to the Sudanese lifestyle. Um, and, and me, I'm a direct contrast where I'm, I only know America, you know, that's all I know, the systems that I'm starting to learn, the, the, everything that happens in America, I was getting a totally different experience than them. Um, so, so growing up in Pheasant Ridge, uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that you know quite well, Pheasant Ridge Apartments. It's a, it's I grew a, up there as well. It's an apartment complex in Iowa City, Iowa uh, for Section 8 housing or, you know, families that don't have as much of an income as, as they might like. And, and that neighborhood, while it was for people who didn't have that much money, I think it's a catalyst to the type of person I am today where um, there were so many people around me who were struggling and, and that consistent struggle really it just takes a toll on you, you know? Um, so I was growing up in Pheasant Ridge and I always had this thing in the back of my mind where I was like, I want to get out of here. I, I don't want my family to be here. This is not the best case scenario. And I had be great friends around me, definitely, but it just really took a toll on me. And, you know, growing up, I got to junior high. And when I was in high school, my life kind of changed a little bit where my father... Uh, got an illness and he was hospitalized for a few months, maybe about four or five months. And uh, that in the end resulted in a, um, amputation for my father. And uh, that was one thing where it just felt like, like it was just, it was so sobering to me because I knew America was hard. And I knew I was struggling to understand this dynamics, the system, everything about America, I was struggling to understand it. And I realized that I didn't realize that my parents were working so hard just to provide, just to they, went, they came from a place where they didn't even, the language of, you know I mean? They come to America, they don't even know the language and they're working so hard just to, just to provide for us. And, and it's crazy to me that, you know, I'm having these thoughts where I'm, we could do better, we could do better. Mm -hmm. But I learned that my dad actually, you know, got to a point where he worked so hard that it, you know, it ended up costing a leg. Um, and I think that was really big to me because it showed me first off that they were dealt a bad hand. I think that the American dream is something that's sold to everyone across the world, and none of them realize that it's a second generation that actually benefits from it, you know? Our parents really sacrificed for this American dream that they were going for, and what did it turn into? It turned into my dad being sick, um, just to provide for his family. It, it, and it's not hard work, you know? The, the quote, hard work pays off, like it's a myth, period. There's Hard work is good, and you need to work hard to accomplish a lot of things, but I promise you, my dad worked harder than, you know, I feel 95% of the people in the nation and no, it didn't, it didn't pay off yet. You know, like he's, he's struggling. He's in a, a different situation. Um, so what that did is, you know, it ingrained this, this, this thing that's in my heart where I feel like I have to work hard to, 
to, to show my parents the benefits of the American dream and to show them that we can realize this dream it's just that the system doesn't work how you thought it did you know yeah. it, it's not it's not what you thought it was we're not right. going to come from Sudan and just make it happen it's totally different right. but I've, I've been really passionate or diligent with you know learning about the system learning how I can actually you know make the system work in my favor and what does that turn into it turns into getting an engineering degree getting good grades getting scholarships going to school without having to spend my, my my family didn't you know pay one dollar for my school and if anything i've actually given back while i'm in school you know and, and alhamdulillah i'm so thankful for that um but it just showed me that you know we there are these systems in place for us to take over america in a way you know for us to to take advantage of what is given to us the opportunity whatever you want to call it right. and i think that what happened with my family my family story has really ingrained um that into me you know now i know that I need to work hard and I need to understand the system because I am going to realize the American dream for my family. You know, there's no way around it. They're going to get it. They're going to live it through you. Exactly. That's such a good way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, touching back to Pheasant Ridge, I think that the huge thing is just that we were all in a situation where all of us were struggling. You know, you remember like there were days where we would try to find, you know, a dollar so we can get a ball from Arctic. You know, like, it's so weird, but like we, we didn't have money like that. And we, we weren't going to ask our parents because we're trying to eat, you know, like they have a totally different dilemma. And, and we knew that. Um, but yeah, so so the background, the my parents being from Sudan, me being American, and then paired with the situation that we lived in in Pheasant Ridge has totally changed our lives. Yeah, and just a little thing that I remember from our childhood was the cardboard boxes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> we literally get cardboard boxes. Literally, we t- we tear them apart and use them as slides to go we down were, hills. We we took out so many cards. This is how you know there's a broken system too. We because we couldn't afford sleds, we would get cardboard boxes. Right, we got to a point where people were getting mad at us, and I can't even believe this growing up. I never even thought about it. We were getting yelled at for taking cardboard boxes out of the container. But what are those for? Recycling. Right. And what were we doing? Recycling the boxes. Like, exactly. come on now. We're utilizing yeah, it was great. to have fun. But yeah, uh, so sleds overpriced. Cardboard? Free. Perfect. <laughs> Priceless. Priceless. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, man, and just transitioning from that. So, you know, with all this that you had in your, your childhood and your background, I just want to know. So in terms of when you went to New Delhi, India as your study abroad, and you were teaching English to homeless men. Yeah. So how did that kind of, what inspired you to start even teaching? Because you were there on a study abroad. It's a new environment, a new place. And it's, you know, you're trying to figure out how to get by yourself. Yeah. But then you're like, you know what? I'm going to step out of my comfort zone of just, actually, you weren't in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You were in a new zone. Yeah. So you stepped out of it and you were like, okay, I'm going to leave all the academics aside for a second yeah. and take some of my time out of my day and go yeah. tutor or yeah. just basically teach English yeah. to homeless men. Yeah. I think that's remarkable. I think the first thing that I'd want to say is that the reason I went to India, and I don't even know if I said this out loud before, really, but the reason that I went to India was because, you know, I had that thing in my heart that's connected connected to Sudan, right? But there was no study abroad in Sudan. Right. Um, And I didn't want to study abroad in London or somewhere else. I didn't want to study abroad in America with an accent, and I hope you understand what I mean by that. But, like, I didn't want to go into an environment where it was like, oh, everything's comfortable. Yeah, this is great, you know? Like, we go and pour the water. Everything's just good. No, I didn't want that. I wanted to be uncomfortable, and I wanted to see how I'd react in a situation like that. Um, In terms of teaching English to those men, I mean, once again, it probably connects to my parents. You know, they were dealt a bad hand. They were dealt this American dream, and it it was fake. You know, it, it doesn't work like that if you don't have all the things that all the other things in the background that you're supposed to have. So I think English is such a critical aspect of success, whether we like it or not. It seems so basic. But um, I met so many kids, so many people. And when I say 
English to homeless men in New Delhi, India, these guys were 19, 20, 21. There was a 25-year-old student, you know. They're older than me. And it was just it hurt me so much to see them um, working hard, you know, working overnights. And the fact that they were still going to this NGO. They were going to this NGO and they were trying to learn English, but there was no one from America teaching them English or, or any English speaker teaching them English. Um, and it was just so powerful are, to me. What are NGOs real quick? Uh, non-government organization. Think okay. of like a uh, non-profit type of 